Welcome, church. As always, can we continue to love on our lead pastors, Pastor Greg and Pastor Tamara Dumas. Pastor, we love you. We love you. We love you. Come on. When he comes back, he's ready to run, run. You know what I'm saying? Because it's time to get after it, church. Listen, let me, let me not leave out a couple of amazing pastors. We have an, an amazing teaching team. Can we give it up for Pastor Michael and Pastor Stephen for kicking off the series? We have such an amazing team, and I, I got to say, uh, it says a whole lot about our leadership, about our leadership, our, our pastor, to open up and extend this platform so that we can come in and teach and preach. It's a, that's a big deal. So I'd like to give honor, honors due. Pastor, thank you for the opportunity that I can fill in while you're out. In Jesus' name, thank you. Amen. Amen. Come on. That's, that's a big deal. I'd like to just start off with a quick encouragement. We have something called the Bible College here at the crossing. Amen. I thank God for six of y'all being in the Bible College. Amen. Thank you. Amen. You know, the Bible College, is, I'm, I'm not just saying, hey, let's jump in this thing, right? But I, I have a saying, I'm going to die learning. I love to learn. I'm in the Bible College too. But let me, let me just, can I just be honest with you? I was about to drop out this semester. <laughs> God's honest truth. I said, I'm too busy. I had every excuse. I'm too busy. I got stuff going on, personal, family, life. I just got married. I've got the kids. I just, I'm like, God, help me. I said, I'm going to quit. So I told, I messed up and told my oldest daughter. She's 24 years old, amen. Now, my oldest daughter, you know, she, she's a little bit of an overachiever. She finished college in Arizona a year and a half early. Then she ended up getting a, a full ride into another college because she likes to do media and production, amen. I believe God is going to use that later on, amen, in ministry, amen. I'm, I'm just speaking that over. And she got a full ride out there in Anaheim, and she just... Just so happened to be in there and continue to influence in that, in that area, amen, which needs some influence. And she said, you ain't quitting. <laughs> then told the wrong person. Listen, if you haven't joined the Bible college, you are missing out. Church, listen to me. It's time for us to start growing. Okay, we have to start growing more. He said, well, Pastor, I read the Bible. Listen, you haven't read every book out there. You haven't been taught by everybody. Listen, there are things that we need to start equipping ourselves in this time, in this season, so that we can influence people that God puts before us. Get in that Bible college. Listen, it is cheap, cheap. It's an accredited university where we can jump in and get an accreditation. And listen, if you don't want the accreditation, then just go ahead and jump on and take the class and learn. Amen? Amen. 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 I'm going to look online and see how many registered. I... <laughs> so we're in a series called When Life Gives You Lemons. Now, I'm going to try to make lemonade today out of social challenges that we are currently in. I'm, I'm going to try. Now, I've asked many people, I've said, hey, can you explain to me how to make lemonade? And, I've, man, I've gotten recipes. People have told me, hey, you know, man, that powder kind is a quick kind. You just add a little water, you know, and get it done. 
you know, you know, you just got to just squeeze a lemon, add some water, add some sugar, you know, I'm, li- you know, healthy, so they, you know, they, they try to add all that healthy stuff, you know, brown sugar or something. I got all kinds of recipes, but you know what the obvious thing that no one told me they had to do first was to cut the lemon. I wonder if in this season we would allow God to cut into us so that something can be poured out. I wonder if, I wonder if we would allow God to make lemonade but first cut into us so that then we can make something bitter, sweet in this season. I like it quiet, amen. I, I, used, to, I used to not like it. People listening. Here's the series, Big Idea. The challenges that we are facing today are opportunities to realign, realign our lives with God, to bring him praise and to declare his gospel in the earth. I thought that was so fitting for the message that I believe that God gave me. I believe this is a prophetic word, church, so I would listen. I would take notes. I would get ready. You see, we're we're living in such a time that everything's starting to influence the church. We're living in a, in a time where things are being influenced. If you look at August, there are many days in August where people are actually making holidays. Every day there's something. In fact, today, if you're interested, today is rum day. There's about eight to nine alcoholic days celebrated just in the month of August. There are people influencing more, and we won't even influence our next door neighbor. We're living in a time that we can influence, but we don't influence, so then the outside world influences us, and then the church acts like the outside. It's made it to my front door, too. Can we do something old school? I'm going to read out of 2 Kings, the 7th chapter. Amen. If you can pull out your Bible, your iPad, your iPhone, your tablet, can you, can you go to 2 Kings, the 7th chapter? And we're going to go old school. When you get it, just go ahead and like, just, just put it up in the air. Amen. Just, yeah, I'm going to get weird today. I'm going to get weird. It's like we, it's like we, we're scared. You know, listen, I have this shirt on for a reason. Fear God. I'm not talking about fear like I'm scared. I'm talking about a reverential fear. There's, the fear of God is, is no longer. We, it's, it's, it's going away. I want to influence. I want somebody to stop me and say, what do you mean fear God? I'm like, I'm glad you asked. When you get it, say I'm there. Amen. Some folks are like, man, I'm my God, it's about half. South Shore. Y'all better have your Bibles up. Plant City. Plant City. Michael, take a picture. Who ain't got their Bibles up? Are we ready? Man, I'm, I'm, we're almost ready, I think, but that's all right. Listen, God can do a whole lot with a little. Just a few, amen, can influence. That's cool. I'll take it. I'll take it. Let's get in the Word, amen. Let's get in the Word. I'm going to read a few scriptures, and then I'm going to pray because I want God to speak, amen. I just want to get out the way. So let's read a few scriptures. Elisha. It's speaking, this is 2 Kings, the 7th chapter, the first verse. Then Elisha said, listen to the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, tomorrow about this time, a measure 
of fine flour will be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. The royal officer on whose hand the king was leaning answered the man of God and said, Behold, look, if the Lord should make windows in heaven, could this thing be? Then he said, the man of God, behold, look, you will see it with your own eyes, but you will not eat of it. Verse 3. Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate, and they said to one another, why do we sit here until we die? Here's the big idea. Church, are we just going to sit here until we die? Are we just going to sit here and take it from the enemy? Are we just going to sit here and die? Let me pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray that I would get out the way, Lord, and that you would speak, Father. Lord, I have studied. Lord, I have fasted. I have prayed. I have sought counsel, put in many hours. But, Lord, I pray that you would speak. Use as much as you want or use none of it at all, but that you would speak through me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now listen, before I can go in and explain why there was food being sold at the gate of Samaria, I got to go backwards. Church, we have to read our Bible. 2 Kings, the sixth chapter, talks about a great famine that took place. You see, the, the king of Aram, okay, Benadad, okay, he, he ended up besieging Samaria. This is very important because Samaria was the capital of Israel. So he said, I'm going to come against them. I'm going to put a siege around it so nothing can come in and nothing can come out. Okay? He said, I'm going to starve the people into surrendering. Church, do you know that the enemy is trying to starve the people of God into surrendering in the season that we're in? He's put, uh, he's seized the church into a place where we don't influence as much as we need to so that when we can starve and surrender, throw in the towel, just, it's, just let him do it. Just let Billy do it. Go. You do it. Just do it. He won't listen. The outside world, the enemy it's trying to lock us up. Listen, the famine started because the king of Aram locked it up. They said that there was a donkey's head being sold for 80 pieces of shekels, silver shekels. A donkey's head. They said that about a half quart, it says of bird droppings, translation is poopy doo, okay? Half quart. For five shekels of silver, almost a month's wages. Do you know that they were also eating their babies? They were boiling them. Listen, church, if we don't do something in our house, listen, the enemy's gonna try to eat up our kids. Are we? Are we just going to sit here and die, church? Are we just going to sit down and wait for something magical to happen? The last piece of that verse or that chapter says that the king, he said, behold, this evil is from the Lord. Why should I wait any longer? 
the very last verse says that. The, the king of Israel started to blame God. Listen, this is not time to blame God. This is not God's fault. Listen, listen to me. Listen, God is waiting on the perfect timing to step in. He's just looking for a few faithful people to step up. That's all he, he's looking for, a remnant. So now we go into chapter 7. So now you understand why the famine happened and where they're at. It's serious. Church, we're living in a serious time as well. I hope you apply this to today's events and what's going on around us. So I'll start again, chapter 7, verse 1, now with that background in mind as to the famine. Then Elijah said, listen to the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, tomorrow about this time, listen to me, church, it's time sensitive. He said, tomorrow about this time, this last week, the Lord woke me up. He said, Hector, it's time sensitive. That's why I have it in there. It's time sensitive. He says, then a measure of fine flour will be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Listen to what, how important that is. Birds poopy doo for five pieces of silver shekels. And here is a fraction of a cost for real food. He's saying, in just 24 hours, I can turn this thing around. And he says, at the gate, listen, the gate is very, very influential. I believe Pastor Jonas is going to speak on it here really soon. But the gate is very influential because that's where the city leaders, government officials, influential people, people with finance, that's where they sit. And listen, if they sit there, they can influence. Here's the key. If you got the wrong guy, gal at the gate, then they won't let things in and might not let things out. So they're influencing a doorway. We're that doorway. Or we should be that doorway. Verse 2, the royal officer on whose hand the king was leaning answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord should make the windows of heaven, could this thing be? The person that the king placed in that gate was doubting the man of God, the gatekeeper. And he says, then Elisha responds. He said, look, you will see it with your own eyes, but tomorrow you're not going to taste it. Church, can I, can I ask a question? Are we starting to question God in the time that we're living in right now? Are we saying, God, can you really do it? Is it, is it going to change? When is COVID going to lift, God? Are we, are we questioning whether or not God can do it? I'm not saying asking. I'm saying are we questioning whether or not God can do it? What if you have the wrong person at the gate? Maybe it should be you. Maybe it should be me standing in that gate. Verse 3. Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate, and they said to one another, Why do we sit here until we die? Listen, I love this story because there was four leprous men that were sitting at this gate, and God used them. Do you know that God can, use a whole, can do a whole lot with the little? God just needed four people to say, man, listen, I'm just going to do something crazy. Why do, we, why do I just sit here and do nothing? 
I love this story because God can do a whole lot with the little if we would just trust that he could. I'll tell you a story, Gideon. You ever read the story of Gideon? Amen. Six people. I love it. Listen, I'll give you a nugget. Judges 6, 7, and 8. Go and read it. Amen. I'm not going to put it up on the screen, but I will tell you about it. Gideon was questioning God, put a few fleeces out, and he said, all right, God, tell me. He ended up getting a great army of 32,000 people. You know what God said to him? He said, you got too many with you. I can't use it. <laughs> he said, I can't use it. You know why? Because they're operating in fear. I can't use people in this season that's operating in fear. Amen. I need some valiant folk that are willing to go into the enemy's camp. Oh, go ahead. Look around. Go ahead and look around at the people that are here. No, no, go ahead. Take your time. South Shore, Plant City, look around. Don't look at the empty seats. The right people are here. The right people are there. You don't need 32,000. You know what happened in that story? I'll tell you about it. 22,000 said, yep, that's me. I'm leaving. Gideon said, man, that's all right, God. I still got 10,000. I can do it. God said, no, listen, you still got too many. You know what number seven says? I did not choose you, the people of God, because you were the greatest of all people. I chose you because you were the least of all. God wants to do something so that then what? They can't say, oh, well, we did it. So that then we can say God did it, and then we can influence those mountains. I'm not trying to take credit. I'll give honor where I was. Reverential fear. He said, you got too many. So you know what he said? He said, send all those cats home. Send them home. Send all those people home that are drinking like, 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 like they shouldn't be drinking. But I want the people that drink like this, that are vigilant. So he sent them home. He was left with less than 1%. 300. And then he said, God, I just can't do this. You know what Gideon did, the greatest thing Gideon did? It wasn't put in the fleas. And what God said, go down to the Midianites' camp. What? God, you want me to go down into the enemy's camp? He said, go down to the enemy's camp. And when you get there to the outskirts, you're going to be encouraged. Gideon goes with his servant down to the outskirts of the Midian camp, and guess what happens? He hears one of the enemies saying, hey, man, I had this dream last night. Boy, there was this biscuit rolling down the hill, and it just knocked these tents down. Man, Gideon's coming for us. God spoke to one man in a dream, and that man began to influence the whole army that was coming against God's people. Check this out. Gideon got encouraged. He went back up the hill. He said, hey, listen, break up into three groups of 100. He said, now watch me and do what I do. And sure enough, they did. And guess what happened? They started turning on each other down on that hill, and they started just killing each other. Listen to me. They said, Gideon said, watch me and then do what I do. Church, are we going to watch God and do what he does and act accordingly to what he says we should do? By this time tomorrow, could it be? Oh, it's time sensitive, church. It's time sensitive. Are we just going to sit here and die? Verse 4, if we say we will enter the city, 
This is the, the, the leprous. It drives me insane thinking, reading this. They say, listen, if we just sit here, we will enter the city. The famine is in the city, and we will just die there. If we sit here, well, hey, we're going to die also. Now, therefore, come and let us go over to the camp of the Arameans. If they spare us, they might just throw us a chicken leg, amen, and we might live. And if they kill us, well, we're going to die anyway is what he's saying. Church, are we willing to go into the enemy's camp and take back what's rightfully ours? Are we? Are we willing to go into a place? Listen, everybody else in that city had the same opportunity as the lepers, yet they chose to choose their faith and not respond in faith. They stayed back waiting, choosing their fate. We're going to die anyway. But here's four lepers decide to go into the enemy's camp and do something. Verse 5. They arose at twilight to go to the camp of the Arameans, and when they came to the outskirts of the camp, this is a similar story that I just shared with you about Gideon. Listen to me, church. God does the same thing over and over again. He just doesn't do the same thing over and over again, identically the same way he did it before. God is doing a new thing. This COVID situation is a new thing that God is doing that he's trying to bring in. He's just looking for four faithful lepers, just a few, to step out and willing to go into the enemy's camp. He's doing it again. It just doesn't look like we hope it should look like. The same thing he did with Gideon. They go into the outskirts, and as soon as the Bible says they go into the outskirts of the camp of the Arameans, behold, there was no one home. No one was there, for the Lord had caused the army of the Arameans to hear a sound. Church, the Lord goes before us. Do we believe it? He said that there was a sound of chariots and a, cha- a sound of horses, even the sound of a great army, so that they said to one another, Behold, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Listen, I have heard a lot of noises, but I have never heard a noise that sounded like chariots and like army. Listen to me. I believe that God is doing something supernatural. Okay, I'm talking crazy talk here. I believe that God is going to do something supernatural that where we don't have to do a thing except step into it. And then we will receive and reap a harvest that we didn't even sow into. Do you know that when God finds a faithful few, you can shift an atmosphere in a place where you don't even belong in? Think about that for just a moment. You can shift the atmosphere in moments if you would just step in it. Let me ask you, how come everybody gets to influence in social media and say whatever they want to say, but we can't speak up? As soon as someone says something, man, we just... Knowing we should respond, but we just over there hiding, talking behind the TV. 
as soon as we respond, now we're racist. Now, now we're racist. Now we get into what lives matter, this life matter, that life matter. You know what lives matter? Saved and redeemed lives matter because hell is real. I, I'm just going to keep it real. There is a heaven and my God, there is a hell. Some saved and redeemed lives matter. I, listen, I know you're going to send me an email, amen, but I know some of y'all going to tweet that. I love emails. I love those negative emails. I don't read them. You know what's the greatest prayer out there? Matthew 6. Matthew 6. Matthew 6 is such an influential prayer. You know, the one we, our Father which art in heaven, like it got no power. Hallowed be thy name. You know what the scriptures before those scriptures begin say? We should pray not like the Gentiles or like these hypocrites. But when you pray, pray this way, the Bible says. Our Father. Man, listen to that. Our Father. If that was all I said and that was it, that would be enough. If we would realize that our Father, our Father is sitting on his throne, and if he is the king, that makes me an heir through sonship. That means my identity is aligned, and now I can influence through sonship because our Father, who art in heaven, he is above all. Hallowed be thy name. You are holy, separate, none besides you. Thy kingdom come. Thy will, not my will, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now I'm bringing Jesus into this place. I'm influencing earth by way of heaven by bringing Jesus through me. Amen? If that let me motivate you. Let me say it a different way. Padre nuestro, que estás en el cielo. Maybe that, santificado, sea tu nombre. Llega a tu reino. Hágase tu voluntad. Hace la tierra como en el cielo. Danos hoy nuestro pan de cada día. Come on, I'll say it to you in Spanish. If we would influence, if we would take that word and say, man, that's the only prayer I need to know. Listen, when God's will is fully manifest on earth, as it is in heaven, guess what? There will be a complete takeover on earth. Complete takeover. We're just going to sit here and die? Plant City, South Shore? We're just, just going to magically think that the educational system is going to get influenced? Well, my kid ain't going to read that stuff. What about the other 62 kids in that class? Well, you know, the, the economy. What? We're just going to let the... Are we just going to sit here and not influence in the rightful places, gates, pillars that we've been called to? But we're going to sit here and complain about it. All right, I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. Verse 7, therefore they arose and fled in twilight and left their, their tents and their horses and their donkeys, even the camp just as it was, and they fled for their life. Church, I am believing that we are walking into that season. 
I'm believing, church. Listen to me. I believe this is a word from the Lord. I believe that there is a remnant. Revival isn't going to happen like it happened before. God is setting a revival in the remnant so that then the remnant can then stir the hearts of God's people. So that then we can charge and take back what's been laid up for us to take. Just a few. I'll keep going. Verse 8 and 9. When the lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they entered one tent and ate and drank, eating turkey legs. You know, they were just like medieval times. They were just eating, drinking. They were putting on raiment. They said silver and gold and clothes. They were just all in it. And it says they went and they hid all that stuff. And then they returned and they entered another tent. And they carried from there also and went and hid them. Then they said to one another, we are not doing right. This day is a day of good news, but we are keeping silent. Church, we aren't doing right. You, me, church, the body, we can't keep silent anymore. We can't stay quiet. Here we are going and able to go into tents, mountains of influence. Government, we're able to. Education, economics, arts, media, entertainment, church, family. We can go into those mountains and take what the enemy has laid up against us and used to influence. But we won't go there. Church, we've been feeding the church too long. It's time for the church to influence and feed outside the four walls. Church is time sensitive. When the Lord told me it was time sensitive, he gave me this word. I'm going I'm to read it to you verbatim. I wrote it down verbatim. There are fields of fear ready to be harvested, but there aren't many willing to sow seeds of truth. I'm going to say it again. There are fields of fear ready to be harvested, but there aren't many willing to sow seeds of truth. Listen, if we're not influencing our culture, if we, the church, do not bring the gospel into the culture, we cannot influence by way of kingdom, okay? And if we don't do that, guess what happens? Someone else will do it. Someone else will go in and take that mountain and influence. Influence your kids. Your husband, your wife, your neighbor, your government. So can I ask you, are we just, we just going to sit here and die at church? Boy, I want to give that devil brain damage so bad today. Joking and let me sleep last night. Verse 10, so they came and called the gatekeepers, the gatekeepers of the city. Not just the one guy. Listen to the word. Now there's multiple gatekeepers of the city. And they told them, saying, we came to the camp of the Arameans, and behold, there was no one there, nor the voice of men, only the horses tied and donkeys tied in the tents, just as they were. So now they're telling them, listen, gatekeepers, they called and told it to the king and the household. Listen to me. 
This is a momentary separation in order to set apart a remnant by way of revival. Listen to that word. This is just a momentary affliction. Where we are in, what we're enduring is a momentary affliction. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, read it. For our momentary affliction, which endures but for a moment, worketh the far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are unseen. For the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. You see, we got to read our word to understand that these trials come and they can go. But God is looking for people to influence so that they can shift and move so that then we can take over culture. It's what we got to do. Listen, it's time sensitive. Verse 12, then the king arose at the night and said to his servants, I will not tell you, I will now tell you what the Arameans have done to us. King didn't even believe him. They know that we are hungry. Therefore, they have gone from the camp and hid themselves in the field, saying, when they come out of the city, we will capture them alive and get into the city. Listen, church, don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged in the moment that we're in. God is strategically planning at the right time to step in but will you, be allow, will you allow him to use you? Listen what verse 13 and 14 say. One of his servants said, please, let's send some men, some men and take five of the horses which remain, which are left in the city. Behold, they will be in any case like all the multitude of Israel who are left in it. Behold, they will be in any case like the multitude of Israel who have already perished. So let us go and see. They already chose it. They said, we're just going to die. So verse 14, they took therefore two chariots and horses, and the king sent after them the army of the Arameans, saying, go and see. Church, do you know or have you ever thought that the problem could actually be a part of the solution? Have you ever just thought about that? That the problem that we're living in right now can actually be a window for us to step in and use to influence? The problem becomes the solution? That's crazy talk. You know, you know what we don't need more of? We don't need more pastors, but what we need is more people with the, heart, with the right heart that are willing to go into the enemy's camp. What we need is more disciples that are willing to influence culture. You want my pastor title? Take it. I'd rather disciple and get people moving into those areas of influence. I won't read the last five, six verses, verses 15 through 20. Read them for yourself. As you read through there, the very beginning of that prophecy that started in 7-1, now in chapter, in verse 15, in the same chapter, now Elijah reads it again, and he begins to talk through it and talk about it. The very thing was fulfilled in a 24-hour turnaround. Everything was sold. But you know what also came to pass? The thing that he mentioned to that gatekeeper that had no faith and questioned the men of God. When all that food came in, he saw it, but he didn't taste of it. You know why? Because everyone trampled over him and he died. That's, 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 that's rich. He got to see it. 
but he didn't taste of it. Would it be a shame that we got to see it but did not taste of it, church, because of doubt? I'm going to blow through this, so please listen to me. I want to speak about these seven mountains of influence, so please listen. That's an amber alert. When the amber alert goes off, let me tell you something. It doesn't matter if you're tall, if you're short, if you're fat, if you're skinny. It doesn't matter if you're black, if you're white. It doesn't matter if you're LGBTQ or you're heterosexual. When that thing goes off, you're looking at your phone. Everybody's looking and you're hoping to God you're in the highway because you're looking for that car. Why? Because it's time sensitive. There's a small window, and if we don't jump in, we might lose that person. Listen, it's a small window. There's an amber alert hitting right now, and there's a small window that we need to jump in and influence. Here's the seven mountains, not necessarily in order. I'm just going to throw them at you. Church and religion. Here we have many religions becoming more and more influential. Some are humanism. They talk about, hey, I'm a good person. Some are syncretists. They uh, believe uh, all religions and put them all into one bowl, and they just eat it all up. Some claim to be Christians, but there's false prophets and a, fa a, a, a false uh, a gospel, okay? We're living in a time where 3 to 5, maybe 6% are influencing, influential more so than the church. They're the lesser influencing more. Why? Because they sit in a high place. They sit in the place where they get to make those decisions. Listen, I'm not trying to sit on those mountains. I am trying to influence those guys that are in those mountains, by the word of God. I don't have to go over there and beat them with the Bible. I just want to come alongside them and hopefully encourage them in such a way that that door will open and then at some point they'll fear God with me. The second one is family. We should have this one on lock, church. We should have that influence in our family, our children. Listen, divorce doesn't look any different in the church now. Yet we have the answer, but those that overcome stay silent, don't speak. So then we don't help the others that are going through it overcome. Scared to tell somebody they've been divorced. Living in a happy marriage. Tell them what you did wrong so they don't go through it. Go disciple somebody in it. That's all right. I'm going to take those three claps, amen, because that's three more families that the enemy's not going to take. Education, based on secular, humanistic, evolutionary philosophies, mostly influenced by either an atheist or polytheistic person. A person that, be that believes in more than one God or doesn't believe in God at all. These are people influencing in the education system. Go to public school. You'll see it. Government. Political systems. You know how you can influence the government mountain? I'm very simple. Stop talking bad about your president. Oh, you're going to send me an email. Stop talking bad about your president. I didn't say you got to love your president. I didn't say hate your president. Just stop talking bad about him. In fact, August 11th, you missed it. It was National Day in August to make jokes about your presidents. They got a holiday for that. You missed it. It was August 11th. You want to influence that mountain, start speaking life. Listen, you can shift the atmosphere, amen? You don't like something he does? 
Speak it. Media, TV, radio, magazines, newspapers, world views are being influenced in such a powerful way in these areas. So what we hear, we think it, we repeat it, and then it becomes a gospel. Arts, entertainment, watching movies. Oh, Lily's so cute. Look at Lily. She's a good witch. She's so cute. No, there's good witches. Abracadabra, so cute. Look at her. Do you know that you have an eye gate and an ear gate? The enemy just wants to, listen, no one grows up and, and is born just saying, you know what, I'm going to go out and hurt somebody today. It's little by little. The influence is little by little by little. The last one, business. If you have a business, if you lead in that area, can you begin to influence? You don't have to do a Bible study. You don't have to, listen, show them the love of Christ as you lead them. That's it. That's it. So here's the challenge, and I'm, I promise you I'm going to land a plane. Here's the challenge. If you're willing to influence one of those areas, one of those mountains, one of those pillars, one of those gates, Will you stand up with me and let me pray for you? If it's family, man, listen, I'm going to take my family. Man, listen, South Shore, you know what? I'm going to start influencing the government system. I'm going to start speaking life over my president. You know what? Maybe it's education. I'm going to do something about it. Had a guy tell me yesterday, you know what, man? I've been called to bring prayer back in the school system. I'm going back in it. You know what I mean? Just one, if you're willing, let me pray for you. And what I want you to do today is we want to come alongside you. You can text to the number on the screen, the word lemon. Keep it simple. And you're going to get a link back for you to fill out. And you tell us how many mountains you want to influence, and we want to come alongside of you. So I'm asking you, don't just stand and say, I'll receive the prayer, but commit to influence. Let me pray for you. Father, God, I thank you here, South Shore, Plant City Online, Father, that people are willing. Lord, they're not just standing up, Father God. They're going to champion it. Father God, I pray that they would ask you, that they would say, Lord, I want to influence here. I know that I'm called to influence in this specific mountain. Father, will you show me how to do it? Give me the words. Give me knowledge, Father God. Show me favor, Father God. Help me to gain ground. Show me where the enemy's camp is, Lord, and I'm believing that you're going to do something so radical that all I got to do is step in it, and where I haven't even sowed, I'm going to receive a harvest, Father. Show me. Lord, that we would not be a people that say, okay, I got to stand up because everybody stood up. I'm going to stand up, and I'm going to walk this out. And, Father, I thank you, and I give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Now listen, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ, I want to say this prayer here and online. I want to remind you that I believe the greatest person that influenced was Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, on the way to the cross, listen to this, influenced the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They came together. He influenced by speaking truth. You know what happened? They came together to crucify Jesus, but guess what? They let a sinner leave. Jesus didn't say a word. Barabbas got off the hook. I bet you God was like, amen. Then he was on the way to the cross, and then he discipled somebody on the way and said, hey, 
help me carry this cross. I'm going to show you how to carry it. Discipling people on the way to be crucified. Then he got on the cross. He didn't even say a word. But the brother to his side said, hey, man, we deserve this. He didn't do a thing. Sharing the gospel on the Christ won a soul before he said the one thing that influenced that last mountain. It is finished. That's the God that today I want to offer. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I want you to say this prayer with me. Let me see if you know it. Say, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Put the slides up. My goodness, give us this day our daily bread. We got to read our Bible and forgive us our debts. And, oh, come on, I wish you'd get loud with me. South Shore, can you make some noise? Come on, read it. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Listen to me, if you online are looking to turn your life around, right now, saying this prayer, you're asking God to come into your life. You're believing this is how we ought to pray. Surrender your life right now so that God can cover you in the blood and he will change you forever. You'll enter into the kingdom. You'll be rid of all sin. If you prayed this prayer with your heart, listen to me, heaven and hell are real. There has to be fruit, church. After we make this declaration, there has to be fruit. If you said that prayer for the very first time here, South Shore, Plant City, online, on the count of three, would you let us know by raising your hand or clicking on that button? Here we go on the count of three. If you, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, I want you to raise your hand with me. Let us celebrate with you. Here we go. On the count of three. One, two, three. Come on, raise that hand tall for me in the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on. We have a house full of saved folk. Is that correct? Is there one person? Is there one person? Oh, come on. This is that awkward good moment right now. Is there one person that has never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Don't miss out on this opportunity. I'll say it this way. If you said that prayer for the first time and you accepted Christ, come see me. I'm going to be in the lobby. Just whisper it in my ear. I always believe God for one. You know why? Because I'm not greedy. I'm just hungry. I just want one. Because God can do a whole lot with the little. And here's the last thing I'll say to you. If you don't remember a thing I've said to you all day, ask yourself this one question. Are we just going to sit here and die? God bless you.
Sunday morning thing. The Lord spoke again when I was listening to Pastor Hector's message. And he said, does that fire you up? What about you? Are you fired up? But here's the hook. What are you going to do with that fire? We need to stop thinking that that word that we heard is for someone else. We need to take it for ourselves. We need to apply it to his kingdom. Stop thinking it's for someone else. If the Lord is speaking to you and it's firing you up, but you don't know what to do with it, I encourage you to, to get involved, get plugged in, talk to one of the pastors, get in a life group, get in a men's group, get in a ladies group, and allow someone who maybe is a, a little bit longer in their walk and allow them to just blow on that ember. That's what we need. We need somebody to walk alongside us, to keep us accountable, to strengthen us, to sharpen us. Iron sharpens iron, but not without friction. We need that encouragement in the Lord. So if you're fired up, I encourage you to surround yourself with some more believers and Continue to fan that flame. He spoke about the seven areas of influence. A lot of us have different areas of influence right now. What is the Lord asking you to influence today? If you're comfortable, I would ask that you come forward today. We have prayer partners. We have an open altar. If you want to distance, distance. That's fine. We're, we're not going to be offended. But these altars have been empty for far too long. For the last five months, the enemy has stolen or tried to steal. I rebuke that. It's time we leave it here. What's the Lord calling you into? Where's he calling you to influence? We also want to give you this time right now to continue worship. I love her. As we bring our tithes and offerings. And here at the cross, you can do that in multiple ways. If you're in the house, there are black boxes located all throughout our campus. Online, text or click on the word give or text the word we are crossing to the number 77977. You're making a difference in this community. I'm, I'm telling you that right now. The Lord is faithful. 
Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the word given through your servant, Pastor Hector, today, Lord. Lord, I, I pray for boldness and courage. And, and we all know, we know who we are. We know where we stand. We know where we can influence. Maybe it's just in our home. Lord, thank you for that. Thank you for that platform. But maybe it's in the workplace. Maybe it's in political office. Maybe it's in entertainment, whatever that is, Lord. Let us be bold for you. Speaking the truth in love to influence a dying culture. Lord, we acknowledge you as our provider and we are thankful, Lord, for the provision. And Lord, I'm not just talking finances, we're talking spiritual and relational provision. Lord, you provide it all. Lord, as we bring our tithes to you today, Lord, we ask for your blessing upon it. Lord, bless it. Multiply it, Lord. Use it for your kingdom. To you be the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give someone an airframe high five on the way out. If this is your first time here, we would love to see you in the lobby. God bless you and have a great week.